0: Let's go ahead and pray. My heavenly Father, my heavenly Father, let the power of my Lord be great. Father, open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. And Father, let us only see Jesus. Let us only see Jesus. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would turn with me to John 10. We're going to begin where we have begun since the very first. I'm going to begin reading in verse 33. The Jews answered Jesus saying, For good work we stone thee not. But for blasphemy, because thou, being a man, makest thyself God. And Jesus answered them, is it not written in your law, I said, you are gods? He said, if he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and this is a phrase we want, and the scripture cannot be broken. The scripture cannot be broken. You got that? The world will end, but the scripture can't be broken. It looks like you've got somebody dying, but the scripture, if you will believe it, cannot be broken. You have no money, but if you believe it, that scripture cannot be broken. God cannot fail. He can't fail. He cannot fail. The word of God cannot fail. What fails? The only thing that fails is our unbelief. Our unbelief. The scripture cannot be broken. If you will believe, it will come to pass. Ask Abraham. All right. Now, if you would turn with me to Romans two, verse eleven, a profound verse in the Bible, and it says, "There is no respect of persons with God. There is no respect." of persons with God. And we're going to find that out even more today. But what God does for one over here, he will do for the other over there. Why? Because he's no respecter of persons. What God does for that rich lady over there, he will do for that poor woman down here. Why? Because God is no respecter of persons. What God does for that man in that country over there, he will do the same thing for the man in the country over here. Why? Because God is no respecter of persons. He is not. He cannot be. That would make him violate his own word, and he can't do that. All right? So we've got those two verses. Let's go to one more. I'm going to go to John 14, and I'm going to go to verse 10. This is Jesus speaking. We are using this as the foundation of what we're talking about. About how Jesus deals with women. And verse 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father. Jesus speaking. And the Father in me. The Father was in Jesus. He was in him. It says, and the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. He said, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works Jesus told him I can do nothing the man Jesus he left heaven and he left all his godly ability up there in heaven and he became a man just like you and I and when he walked he couldn't do a single miracle not one until he was baptized in the Holy Ghost why he had to get God in him and once God was in him then Jesus said, the, works that I, the words that I speak unto you, it's the Father working in me. It's the Father saying the works. It's the Spirit in me doing the miracles. Jesus couldn't do any miracles. Why? Because he left it all in heaven. He couldn't. How did he get all those miracles done? Through God that dwelleth in him. It was the Holy Ghost and the power of God in him. Why would he do that? To show us how we're supposed to do it. Because he shows us how we're supposed to do it. Now, how do we get there? I want us to turn to Matthew 21. And I'm going to begin in verse 28. And I, I love this. And, and I tell you what. Um, no, let's just go right into this. This is Jesus speaking. And there's some beautiful, marvelous words in here. Matthew twenty-eight, uh, Matthew 21, verse 28. Jesus speaking. He says, but what think you? Now, he's talking to the Pharisees and the chief priests. He's talking to the big religious guys. He's talking to the ones that ran the church, that ran the temple. And they're not happy with him because he's doing things they can't do. And he talks to them, and he says some marvelous words here. He says, what think you? Now, these words have everything to do with you and I. He said, a certain man had two sons. He came to the first and he said, son, go work today in my vineyard. And the son answered and said, I will not. But afterwards he repented and went. And then he said, he came to the second and said, likewise, son, go work today in my vineyard. And the son said, I go, sir. And he went not. He didn't go. He told his father, I'll go, but he didn't go. Now, what does Jesus say? He said, whether of them twain did the will of his father? Which of these two did the will of his father? The will of his father. And look what they they said. They said unto him the first. The first, do you see that a man that refused to go and then went did the will of his father? Do you see any grace and mercy here? Do you see the grace of God here? Jesus just told us repentance and you'll do the will of your father. You can say, I won't go. How many of us have said, I won't go? How many of us just didn't say anything, hoping we'd stay under the radar? And in that case, we were saying, I won't go. But the Father said, Jesus said, but he went and he went and he did the will of his Father. He did the will of his Father. Now look at what Jesus compares this to. He said to them the first, and then Jesus answered them. And these are the guys that said they'd go, and they didn't go. Jesus said, Verily I say unto you. He said that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. The publicans and the harlots. The publicans and the harlots. The publicans back in those days were hated people. They were on the wrong side of the tracks. They were the base. They were the dregs. They were the. They were the. And I, I'm going to say it. They were the drug addicts. They were the the bar hoppers. They were the the um the the tramps. They were the bums. They were the tax collectors in those days. But everybody despised them. They were the peop- They were the people that. Other people despised. And look what Jesus said about them. He said, they're going to go, they go into the kingdom of God before you do. Before you do. And then he has this marvelous statement. And we're talking about how Jesus deals with women. And look at what he says here. The publicans and the harlots. The harlots. The harlots go into the kingdom of God before you do. The harlots The harlots go into the kingdom of God before you do. Look how Jesus treats the harlot. Look at the love and the compassion and the grace for the harlot. He said, they're going in before you do. The chief priests and the Pharisees. The religious people. They go in before you do. Turn with me to John... um, Let's see. Turn with me to Matthew 9. I'm going to begin in verse 10 because he talks about these people. This is our Jesus. He said, And it came to pass as Jesus sat at meat in the house. Behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with Jesus and his disciples. Publicans, tax collectors, those nasty IRS guys. All right? The people, the, 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 the wrong side of the tracks. Ever have those? You know what we called them when I grew up? God bless them, because I had relatives that lived in them. We called them trailer trash when I grew up. You know what? They'll go into the kingdom of God before the religious people. That's what Jesus said. It says right here, uh, he said, Many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, when the religious leaders saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? He said, And when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that have whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. He said, But go ye and learneth what this meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. I will have mercy. What will God do to the publican? What will God do to the harlot? What will God do with the white trash? What will God do with the drug addict? What will God do with the one that 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 is hiding the one that has the, the that 's pregnant and has the child and and she doesn 't know what to do. What does Jesus say He will do? I will have mercy. I will have mercy and not sacrifice I will have mercy he said I came I came not to call the righteous but sinners to repentance the one in the field that refused and then they went the one that said no I won't go but then went that one did the will of the father that one did the will of the Father. You know, every harlot, every sinner that ate with Jesus, I guarantee you by the time dinner was over, they were no longer a harlot. And they were no longer a sinner. Because they sat with the man that brought them salvation. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 4.20. I want to put this verse in here so that we understand. Jesus said, they're going to go into the kingdom of God before you do. I want to show us what the kingdom of God is. Verse 20 of 1 Corinthians 4. It says, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but it's in power. It's in power. The kingdom of God is with power. You know, at one point Jesus was casting out devils and he turned to the, to the people around him and he said, if I, by the finger of God, cast out devils, then you better know the kingdom of God is here. So we know that the kingdom of God casts out devils. We know that the kingdom of God heals. We know that the kingdom of God does whatever we need done. It brings money. It gets us the job. It gets us the right car. It, it heals our children. You know, one of my testimonies, I have said, I had a daughter when she was about, uh, she was a little, yes, little less than a year old. And she was always a good baby. And then she started screaming at night. We would put her to bed and she would just scream. And she wouldn't sleep. And it was awful because she used to be so easy. And finally, finally, we, it, it, it dawned on us, that's got to be a devil. Now, now you're talking people that grew up that didn't even know they existed. But we had started here at Water of Life, and we learned what Jesus did. Jesus cast out devils. Well, Jesus created the world, and Jesus is our, is our Savior, and Jesus is our example. Well, if Jesus cast out devils, guess what? We get to do that too. And that child was tormented. And I remember my husband at the time, it was the first thing, the first devil he ever cast out. And he brought the rocking chair into her bedroom and he sat down and she was in the crib and he could see her in the crib and she was screaming and crying. She was having an awful time. And he sat down and he started, he rocked back and forth and he started praying and he started saying, all right, devil, come out in Jesus name. He said, come out in Jesus name. And and, and my husband said, that devil said, you can't cast me out. A devil telling you, you can't cast me out. And you know what my husband said back? He said, I know I can't, but Jesus can. He said that as he was looking at my daughter, her face turned cloudy black. And he saw two eyes looking at him. And then it shot out through the window. And my daughter fell asleep. And she never had that problem again. None of them. Why? Why? The kingdom of God came to the harlot's house. The kingdom of God came to the harlot's house. And the publican's house. And whoever invites it in house. Turn with me to uh, 1 Corinthians 6. Verse 9. It says, Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, the power. What we need, it brings whatever we need. It says, know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. That pretty much gives us a bliss, doesn't it? These people aren't going inherit, to inherit the kingdom of God. You're not going to inherit in sin. But look at the next verse. Look at that next phrase. And such were some of you. And such were some of you. Do you see what Jesus is after? Do you see what Jesus is after? But such were some of you. But you are washed. You are washed. It says, but you are sanctified. But you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And by the Spirit of our God. They were that way and they were washed. And they were sanctified. And they were justified. Why? How? How? I'll tell you how. When Jesus was put on that cross, when he was put on that cross, he became the fornicator. He became the adulterer. Idolater. He became the adulterer. He became the effeminate. He became the abuser of himself with mankind. He became the thief. He became the covetous. He became the drunkard. He became the reviler. He became the extortioner. He became the harlot. He took on all their sin, every bit of it. That Jesus, that man, when he went on the cross, he took every sin that you and I have ever committed and he put it on his, the father put it on his body that's why he was marred more than any man he took on the harlot's sin that's why he wanted to eat with her that's why he wanted to talk with her that's why he wanted to deliver her because he knew not very long from there he was going to go to the cross and he was going to carry everything she had done He said, I will have mercy. What was the mercy? Jesus took her sin for her. You know what? He took our sin. He took everything that we had ever done. The Father put it on that body. The Father did. The Father put it on. Go with me to Isaiah 53 so you can see it with your eyes. You would think my Bible would open to that by now. Isaiah 53. I'm going to begin in verse 4. Surely Jesus has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement, the punishment for our peace. It's upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We turned everyone to his own way. And look at this next phrase and the Lord, that's Jehovah. And the Lord has laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. Of us all. Is that mercy? Is that mercy? You know what that, that what we first read? It said he asked his son to go into the field. Go. And he said, I will not. And then he went. And it says that, that man, that man and that woman, they did the will of their father. They went into the kingdom. They went into the kingdom. And how did they get into that kingdom? How did they get into the kingdom? Turn with me to Mark 1. How do we get into that kingdom? You know, it doesn't matter what we are. God will meet us wherever we are in whatever state we're in. If he's going to meet that harlot, he's going to meet anybody that needs him. He will meet you. You know, what? I, when I was in church, they taught me that you couldn't get to God unless you cleaned up your act first. That's not what these scriptures say. That's not what these scriptures say at all. It says the harlot's going to go in. The harlot's going to go in. Not the cleaned up harlot. Not the cleaned up harlot. The harlot's going in. That is a beautiful story. Why? Because as soon as she gets to Jesus, she's no longer going to be a harlot. That drug addict, the, the, the one involved in in. in, in in, in, inordinate sex. The, the one that's the, the sexual perversion. You know, your heart it doesn't matter. Get to Jesus. It doesn't matter what you got. You get to Jesus. Because the minute you get to Jesus, you're not going to be that anymore. You're not going to be that anymore. Why? He carried it for you. He carried it for you. You know, I have a, I have a great story. One of my favorite stories of Smith Wigglesworth. And this is about, she's not a harlot. In fact, she was just the opposite. She was a woman that had great status. And Smith Wigglesworth was asked to go pray for her. He was having three meetings a day in a, in a certain town. And, and, and they said, this woman had great status and she had a lot of money. And the minister that had the hall that Smith Wigglesworth was speaking at and the two assistant ministers, they kept asking, would you please go pray for this woman? She's very ill. And if you can go to this woman and pray for her, and, you know, she's got lots of money. She's got lots of status. It's going to do the town a whole lot of good if you'll go pray for her. And at first he said, I don't have time to pray for her. But they kept asking. She's got all this status. She's got all this money. You know, would you go pray for her? If she gets healed, everybody's going to be happy. And one day he finally said, all right, all right, all right. He said, I'll go visit her on the way to the evening meeting. So, woman with status, everybody gets in the car. The preacher gets in the car. The two assistants get in the car. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth gets in the car. His daughter and his son-in-law, they all get in the car. They're going go, to go pray for this woman. And, and this is going to be a great thing for this pastor and his two assistants. They're bringing Smith. So they get to the house, beautiful big house. They are led to the woman's bedroom. And when they open up the door to the woman's bedroom, she is all propped up on these beautiful pillows, and she's got that beautiful, you know, bed coat that our grandmothers used to wear. And, and she's, she's all pomp and all circumstance. She looks like a queen. And Smith walks in, takes one look at her, and he said, boy, don't you look comfortable. And she looks at him, and she says, I beg your pardon. And he said, boy, don't you look comfortable. And she let out a tirade of words until she exhausted herself. And Smith said, you're not ready for me. And he turned around and walked out. And the pastor and the two assistant pastors, and even his daughter and his son-in-law came after him. You know, please, please pray for the woman. He says, she's not ready for me. And they thought that Smith was being awful rude to her. So they go to the meeting. He said, I'm not going to pray for her. She's not ready for me. So he goes to the meeting, and he speaks that night. The next morning's meeting, as he's speaking, and then at the end, he gives an altar call. And he tells the people, if you want God, come to the altar. The first one in the aisle is the rich woman. And she's trying to get to the altar she doesn't make it. She falls in the aisle. And when she fell in the aisle, God healed her. God healed her. Why? She told Smith later, she said, after you left, I came to a great repentance. And I saw my pride. And God healed her. Do you know he will do that to anybody? This message goes on radio all over the world, shortwave. And it also goes on four stations here in America. You can be just like that woman. You can humble yourself before God. You can stand up and raise up your hands and say, Father, Jesus, Here I am, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And he will meet you. He will meet you because you go from the son that wouldn't go into the field and you become the son that did go do the will of his father. The father said, I will have mercy, mercy. And not sacrifice. One more thing. I want us to go to John 3.3. 3. This kingdom is for us. This kingdom is for women. We have talked about this for nine weeks now. The kingdom is for us. The casting out devils. The healing. The bringing finances. The taking care of our household. Everything that we need in that kingdom is for us. It's for us. But you know what? You can't even see it. You can't even see it unless you are born again. Turn with me to John 3, 3. The book of John, chapter 3, verse 3. Uh, Let's begin in verse 1 because he's talking to an important man. He said, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. So this is the head of their religious sect, and this is also their, their authorities. This is their, their government. He said, The same came to Jesus by night and said unto Jesus, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher from God, for no man can do these miracles unless God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Look at these words. Look at these words. If you have a Bible, look at them. He said, Accept a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It'll happen all around you, and you won't even see it. You'll see, you'll, there'll be miracles happening all around you, and you won't even see it unless you're born again. It's the Father that opens up your eyes. It's Jesus in your heart that opens your eyes. It's him that lets you see the kingdom. And it's him that will lead you into the kingdom. You know, I used to pray when I lived in Frisco. Father, I just thank you that I'm born again, that I can even see it. That I can even see it. And I was. I was seeing it here. And you know what? It started happening to me. It came to my house. The kingdom of God came to my house. Why? Because I believed, just like the harlot. You know, I don't care if you're com- I'm compared to a harlot. I don't care if I'm- I don't care what I'm called now. Why? Because the kingdom of God is in my house. All right? It says you can't even see the kingdom of God. You know how you become a Christian. You know how you're born again? Let's go. I'll read you the words so that you can pull them up and read them to yourself. Romans 10. Romans 10. Let's get you born again. Let's see, let, let you see the kingdom. And not only see it, but let you get in. Let you go in. All right. It says, verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. That thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God has raised him From the dead thou shalt be saved. Thou shalt be born again. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God sent him to the cross, that he died for you, that he bore your sin and your sickness and your poverty and your peace and your welfare, he bore it all for you. The Father sent him to do so. That's mercy, folks. That's mercy. That's mercy. I love to say it. We didn't ask for it. We didn't even want it. But God did it for us anyway. When you believe that, you become born again. And when you become born again, you get the spirit of Jesus in you. And he will lead you into his kingdom. And you get there. He will show you the gospel. And when you believe that, that is your door into the kingdom. Amen? Amen. Looser now. Looser. Loose that tongue. You're gonna to be able to, you're gonna be able to get your you're gonna be able to speak in tongues now freely. I get thanks, Jesus. I thank you. I get thanks, Jesus. I thank you. I get thanks, Jesus, I thank you. I get thanks. I get thanks now in Jesus' name. I get thanks. I get thanks, Father. I thank you. I get thanks, Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Father, I thank you. Is there anyone else that is baptized in the Holy Ghost, but they their tongue is caught, they're stuck, you can't speak in tongues freely? Good. Does everybody speak in tongues freely? Excellent. I have a question to ask. Yeah. When we speak in tongues, and I was brought in in the of God, where I was touched by a woman that I started speaking in tongues, and and I know that um, maybe because of things that are happening, I know that, you know, I'm getting stronger to God. But can we speak in tongues and not be the tongues of God? And Satan can be controlling that spirit? Let me ask you something. It says in Luke, it says, if you will ask the Father, he will give you the Holy Ghost. Before that, it says, if you ask, if a son asks for an egg, will you give him a serpent? So when we ask the Father, is he going to let the devil give us something that's not God? Isn't he stronger than the devil? We don't have to be worried when we speak in tongues. And i tell you what, when I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, when I'm speaking in tongues, my heart is on the gospel. It's not, I, I can't get any faith to rise up in me if I'm speaking in tongues, thinking about what I got to go do at home. That my, my faith, you know, it says the tongues build up our faith. Well, they're not going to build up your faith. I know it says that our minds are unfruitful. But if my mind is on earthly things, my faith doesn't grow with tongues. It's just rattling. Have you, ever, have you ever just rattled your tongue off and nothing? it's a waste of your time? It's because you're not engaging the faith. It's like putting a car in neutral. You can rev the engine just as loud as you want to. You know, and, 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 and it doesn't go anywhere. You've got to put your faith with it. Well, I guarantee you, you put the gospel with it, there ain't going to be any devil gonna be borrowing your tongue. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Any more? I do have one thing to say. Yeah. I spoke with you before. Um, I'm, I'm overcoming, you know, because of my sickness. Yeah. And I have three appointments, one afternoon, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of the following week. And I am very, I'm just thanking. You go believe in the gospel going to um, I keep having in my heart don't look to the right don't look to the left. Right. and I say whatever those doctors tell me I'll go with it but I'm not expecting any that's it, it I, you know I've told so many and we've taught it from the very beginning if you can't heal yourself from a cold don't expect yourself to heal yourself from cancer it is faith to faith grace to grace So if you have to go to the doctor, you go. You know what the father said when when Dole had appendicitis? Dole had been walking in this, healing people and the whole bit, but he could not get himself healed of appendicitis. And the Lord said, it would be my acceptable will for you to go to the hospital. Acceptable will. You know, we're after the perfect will of God, but we don't start out that way. And, and I've told more than one that have contacted me and they've said, you know, I want to believe God and get healed, but, but I can't. And I'll ask them, well, what, what else have you gotten yourself healed from? Well, nothing. Well, then go to the doctor. Go. But go believing the gospel. That Jesus will walk with you there. That the power of God is with you there. That he's with the doctor. And you go believe in the gospel. And you know, every one of those I had three cases in like one week, it cracked me up. I thought, What is everybody got the same issue here? And but you know, all three went and I got three messages back. Do you know what? I did what the doctor said, and the doctor tells me I'm the fastest healing patient he's ever had. Why you went with the gospel, you went with the gospel, and you expect. The, the acceptable will of God. And while you're doing that, we work to the perfect will. We work to the perfect will. Thank but thank God he's with us. He's with the harlots. I told, I told God last night, I don't care what you call me. Right. I got the kingdom. And I've, I've been called. Amen? Amen? See you guys next week.